Hello, and welcome to ECE Tech Talk. I'm Barry Sullivan, ACETA Program Development Director, and with me is John Janowick, ACETA Executive Director. Today, we're speaking with Peter Belita, Corporate Vice President of Academic Engagement and President of the Education Technology Business at Texas Instrument. Peter, thanks for joining us. And, you know, as we were chatting there before we got started uh, talking about our, our backgrounds, um, I know that uh, you're with uh, Texas Instruments now, but you've got uh, an education educational background yourself. Well, that's right, Barry. Uh, you know, my passion's always been education, you know, specifically STEM education. Uh, you know, prior to TI, I was uh, I was an educator in a classroom. I taught uh, secondary mathematics, so high school, middle school mathematics to kids. Um, and, you know, I think even, even to this day, I'm still a teacher at heart. Um, but yes, prior to TI, uh, I taught mathematics. I was then later a uh, math science supervisor for a school district just outside of Montreal in Quebec. Canada. And um, during that time, you know, as a uh, math supervisor, we're responsible for curriculum and assessment and technology. And one of the things we were doing at the time was um, looking at different technologies to bring into the classrooms. And so uh, graphing calculator technology was one of those things we were looking at. And, you know, when I worked with a group of teachers and other math consultants, um, supervisors, we we looked at everything that was out there. And we ended up landing on TI graphing calculators. So uh, much like everyone else, I went to a uh, a workshop, a training, got some professional development over the course of a few weeks, and then I went back to my district and and helped teach all the teachers in the district. And uh, I was asked to do that more broadly across uh, Montreal, and then it was uh, across the province. I did some work across Canada, and then eventually I was asked to do similar workshops in the Northeast and in New England. And so TI, I guess, got wind of what I was doing. And then one day, uh, about a year after that, they, they offered me a job to, uh, to do what I was doing in Quebec uh, worldwide. And, and they asked me, you know, how does that sound? And I just thought that was incredible. Um, you're offering me um, the opportunity to impact teaching and learning on a worldwide scale. Sign me up. Um, and then, you know, the, the rest is history. Within TI, I've done pretty much every job that exists. Uh, in the education technology business, uh, currently president of that business, um, and I'm really enjoying also leading our our efforts to get more students in universities excited about uh, electrical computer engineering. And and you know, of course, we want to hire a whole bunch of them, but we also know that our our customers need a lot of talented electrical computer engineers. So you know, Barry, it's still all connected: um, the mathematics, the STEM, the engineering. Um, and it's, it's just, uh, it's been a great ride so far. I'm loving it. Well, Peter, that's great. And actually your, your mention of the TI graphing calculators kind of makes me uh, flashback to my own, uh, my, my own first TI calculator. I won't mention the model number. That might be a little bit too revealing, um, as far as the, uh, the time frame. Uh, but, um, no, the, your, your educational background is, is perfect for our conversation today. Uh, because what we really want to talk about is uh, again what uh, you know TI is doing, um, and actually to to start, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how TI is positioned to serve the educational community today? No, absolutely, Barry. You know, at TI, we're we're passionate about reshaping the teaching and learning of STEM subjects, uh, really across all grade levels. And we want to do that to better prepare students for post-secondary and workforce success. 
So one of the ways we do this is, is by providing educational STEM resources designed to help teachers and faculty really connect students' learning experiences to the real world and to help open career paths that are, that are rooted in math, science, and engineering concepts. You know, in, in today's world, uh, I think you've, at least some of you have heard me say this before, but STEM skills are survival skills. And our future depends on students being STEM smart. So I, I, you know, I think it's clear we live in a technology-centric world, and this requires a STEM literate population. So if you think about it, for our kids, this means they will need to manage in a world that relies on technology. But for our world, this means that we need for today's students to become tomorrow's problem solvers and leaders. Uh, scientists, doctors, and of course, electrical computer engineers. But we need them to find important solution for our planet's challenges. And the, you know, I think the current global public health crisis has has proven any doubters on, on this one that this this is urgently needed. And at TI, our approach is to make STEM skills relevant to what students love. We we have to give students the tools and opportunities to to collect and analyze real data to solve real problems. And, you know, I remember as a way back before TI days, you know, we talk about real world problem solving. And that meant really cool problems in textbooks that kids really didn't care about. So when we say real world problems today, the context is their world. What matters to students, what matters to kids, that's how that's how we get them hooked on this STEM piece. So um, I'd be happy to share Barry, a, a few ways that we do this. Um, in our education technology products and resources, we, you know, those are for K-12, and they're really designed to help students build a strong foundation in math and science. And, and we do that to help them build the confidence that they need to really pursue advanced courses in college. And then we also love STEM-focused competitions, um, you know, competitions like robotics competitions and university engineering design contests. They're really proven ways to nurture STEM learning skills. Um, and so I, I, I'm a huge fan of, of robotics competitions. And, uh, you know, just last night, uh, Best Robotics was having their uh, big championship virtual ceremonies. It was the first time they did it virtually. They did a great job. But just following the live chat was just incredible, seeing all the engagement. Um, but I think it really it showed why I like robotics. It's, it's because these robotics competitions are fun and they're in an engaging way for students to really get excited about STEM subjects and to practice the skills that they need to pursue STEM careers. So not only do students get to creatively imagine and build these robots, uh, they get to experience the teamwork, uh, develop technical proficiencies and, and, and learn how to solve problems through, uh, of course, the strong understanding of math and science. So now at our university level, you know, when uh, we think about the university programs that TI leads, uh, they're really dedicated on supporting engineering educators, researchers, and students really around the world. For, we're very proud that for nearly 40 years, the program has facilitated the inclusion of our analog and embedded technology. Um, and we've, we've done so in a way um, that's really integrated into the learning experience for engineering students. By doing this, you know, it's no secret, but we're working to bridge the gap between business and academia, bringing real world engineering concepts to life for thousands of students every year. So the reality is, you know, we know this. 
We know this for a fact. There will be thousands of STEM jobs at TI in need of qualified candidates in the years to come. But this exact same story is true across the country. Bottom line is we need to ensure that students are prepared and capable to meet this growing demand. Well, Peter, your passion is showing. Uh, it didn't take long to get you uh, uh, started talking about um, uh, all those uh, uh, aspects that TI supports uh, uh, education. Uh, but you you mentioned the pandemic, and um, yeah, when it, it it's an unavoidable topic in any conversation today, right? Um, so I, I'm particularly interested, uh, and I think our listeners are particularly interested in hearing. You know how has TI adapted, especially you know within uh, the context of the the education uh, space, uh, you know during this uh, period of COVID. You know, you just say the word STEM, and you'll hear me talk for a long time. So I, I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we share that passion. But you know, the question around how we've adapted to COVID. Uh, I mean, there's. <laughs> You know, like many companies, many organizations, uh, teachers, professors, I mean, you know, adaptation has been the name of the game this past year. Um, But, you know, specifically, what is TI doing? Well, you know, we're, we're we've adapted in quite a few different areas as well. Now, our education technology team is doing what it does best. And that's really getting creative about solving problems. So, we had to shift our focus from hands-on, in-person coaching and instruction to virtual experiences that are equally as robust and impactful. Now, you can imagine complicating the matters, schools and districts vary widely in their ability to deliver and access educational services. And while we had to make many changes, as you referred to, um, our commitment to students and teachers, that has not wavered one bit. That's the one thing that hasn't changed. So since March, we've been hard at work creating new resources and also identifying existing ones that can really support teachers and students in their virtual learning. And and we continue to learn and grow every day as we navigate this uncertainty to meet the needs of teachers and students, whether they're learning in the classroom or at the kitchen table. Um, And and we're learning every day. Uh, One example that I'd like to share with you is that um, over the Past three years, TI has partnered with an organization called Shad Canada to help deliver students just unique coding problems, right? And this year, uh, it was incredible to see how our partnership was able to overcome numerous technology challenges to get to give students the same or virtually the same experiences uh, that we've done so uh, in the past. So we hosted coding sessions in virtual classrooms where instructors could interact with kids via video uh, and teach them to code. Um, Another example with our university engineering students, um, we know how critical it is for them to have hands-on learning opportunities. So we approached how to fill that learning gap by by again getting creative. You know, normally we do in-person hands-on engineering workshops. Really, we do this at universities around the world. Um, and it's no secret we do that to, so that engineering students can learn how to design products using the same TI technology that our customers do. However, as you pointed out, because of COVID-19 limitations for anything in person, we turned this experience into a virtual TI summer design project. And this allowed undergraduate engineering students 
also from universities around the world to grow their design skill set through projects that use the TIRSLK Max. A, um, I think you're familiar with that, a robotic systems learning kit that we created just a couple of years ago. Students also had access to virtual office hour sessions with members of our university team for technical support. And then, you know, also due to COVID-19, we pivoted TI's paid summer intern program for our first ever virtual internship program. This was huge news for us this summer. Uh, you know, this summer, a lot of uh, internship programs were canceled, were being changed, and, and all these talented kids were just disappointed and also, you know, had a significant financial impact. But this past summer at TI, hundreds of college students joined us for an abbreviated experience with unique opportunities to put their education into practice on, on interesting, meaningful projects that matter. And so our, our college internship program is very important to us. It's important to our interns as it leads to around 250 new college grad hires in any given year. So we're thrilled that we were able to successfully shift this program to a virtual experience and give students that valuable real world experience while, while also identifying some strong talent to join our team after graduation. So those are just a few examples, Barry. And I got to tell you, even this morning, you know, we, we hear of uh, new needs and, and uh, innovations, uh, whether it's technology or ideas from our teams about how to go address or help something. Um, and it's, it just, it continues to evolve. And now a word from our sponsor. The Texas Instruments University program is dedicated to supporting engineering educators, researchers, and students worldwide with the inclusion of analog and embedded processing technology in the learning experience for engineering students. TI aims to bridge the gap between the worlds of business and academia, bringing real-world engineering concepts to life for thousands of students every year. Discover more at ti.com university. Okay, um, well, I, I feel like I've been kind of dominating the uh, uh, the conversation. Uh, I, I know John, you're you're here yeah, too. No, we haven't given you much that, a chance to okay. talk. That's okay, Barry. You know, I, I I've enjoyed listening to both of you, um, but I, I you know, Peter, I don't know if you realize this, but I, I kind of stalk you on Facebook a little bit, and I really, <laughs> I really enjoy. Not too creepy. <laughs> no, no, no. But I really enjoy. Um, uh, you know, your passion for engineering and education. But beyond that, you know, I, I um, you know, I followed your, um, your quest to uh, your Ironman just recently. And, and I just, mm. I, I uh, you know, it's something that I've always, you know, uh, envied people that can dedicate the time and the energy and, and, uh, and the willpower to to do this, and and you did it for a great cause for the Girl Scouts. I mean, I I just uh, applaud that all the way. But I'd love to hear just a, a snippet or two from you on on what your experience was like. Oh, uh, it was an incredible experience. There, there's the biggest uh, the the headline. It, it was unlike anything I could have imagined, uh, John. Uh, first. You know, I was I was happy to be able to bring um, visibility to that wonderful organization, the Girl Scouts of Northeast Texas. I've been on their board for several years, and um, you know, like all nonprofits, uh, the Girl Scouts, you know, had to had to work through this COVID nineteen situation, and it has been tough yeah. um, for 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 pretty much all nonprofits. But you know, um, 
I remember standing out looking at the ocean on race day, um, and there were some pretty big swells. And because of COVID-19, my training for swimming uh, consisted of uh, basically swimming in my backyard pool while tied to a tree with a bungee cord. So I looked far out at where those first buoys were. I was like, that's a long distance, (laughs) especially, you know, if you have just been swimming while while staying in the same spot for hours. Right, Um, right. You did this in Florida? This was in Florida. Yeah, it was in Florida. And uh, it was, uh, so anyways, got into the water and then all the jitters kind of shook off and it was just amazing. It was, uh, um, you know, great support out there. Um, and while there was some, uh, some sea life in the water, uh, it, you know, everyone was focused on, on, on getting through the swim. Um, and, uh, it was, it was, it was a great feeling getting out of the swim. That was the furthest I ever swam actually during that race. Wow. Um, and then, you know, getting onto the bike, the bike was, uh, was incredible. Uh, I did, uh, get a new appreciation for Florida winds. I thought the winds in Texas were pretty bad, but turns out Florida has some pretty big headwinds as well. Uh, but the bike was going great. Um, I think it was 96 or 98 miles in and the bike portion is, uh, 112 miles. So wow. 96 wow. miles in, I get a flat tire. Oh. So I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> and so, um, but you know, it was, it was okay. I was able to jump off the bike and, uh, well, what I didn't, I kind of, kind of slowly crawled off the bike, <laughs> uh, but it was good to stretch the legs, fix yep. the flat, got back on, got into the final portion which was the run and i'll tell you that probably the most memorable part was crossing that finish line and it just kind of all, all made it worth it but uh you know prior to this race john um I, like everyone else a lot of things were canceled i had right. signed up for two half ironmans earlier in the year and uh in one case found out two nights before the race it was canceled and um definitely some disappointment but helped me realize that you know it's less of the event itself but more of the journey that makes it fun. It's those, you know, what yep. you, what you open with saying it's the trainings in the mornings, the early, early morning, the late night, that's when you realize, well, that's what it's all about. And and really the race is just a little celebration, a milestone along the way. But it was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was an amazing uh, experience. Thanks well, for Peter. Th- thanks. Well, thanks for sharing. You know, I, I again, I, I did follow you during that whole venture and, and, uh, you know, your, your photo of you being tied to the tree in your pool that I'll never <laughs> forget it. I mean, uh, it, uh, it was, it was, you know, the, uh, the dedication that you showed for that and the dedication you show for engineering, engineering education, it's just a, a real passion that, that, uh, we enjoy being around. So, you know, thanks for being part of our community. Yeah, and Peter, the fact that you did that to support you know young people in their development, uh, it it, uh, it yeah. to me it comes right back to uh, you know your your commitment uh, to uh, you know preparing uh, you know students for uh, a bright future. And I want to use that to bring us back to uh, um, I'll call it our final question. You know, something uh, I've been hearing a lot lately as we talk to uh, our you know, ECE department heads and, and others in the, the educational community, uh, the engineering educational community, uh, the idea of preparing industry-ready students. Um, and uh, I would like uh, for you to, to comment on that, you know, from, from your perspective, what, what does that mean for, you know, did, uh, for a new graduate to be truly industry-ready and uh, again, for our audience here, um, I think it'd be very beneficial for them to hear uh, your perspective on that. Yeah, well, I'd be I'd be happy to talk about that. I, clearly, that's uh, I, I could uh, imagine why Aceta 
and, and the listeners of this podcast are, are interested in getting a perspective on that. Um, and, you know, let me start first by, by saying very clearly that, you know, we believe strongly that STEM education is a heroic endeavor that requires a lot of effort across many people. So it's incredibly important that, that we keep growing as educators and as industry, as parents and as communities to give students positive experiences with STEM so that they have the confidence and aptitude to discover solutions to any problems they face in school and in life, let alone in their career choices. So we must help all students build their confidence in, in math and science so that they have the courage to pursue advanced courses and hopefully an exciting and rewarding STEM career. So we focus in on math and science because that's what allows them to pursue engineering or STEM fields in college. They need the confidence to take those more advanced classes. And, and for TI, that means we're on a mission to increase the number of students who receive a quality education. Clearly, all students deserve a quality education, no matter their background, circumstance, and what we are doing really can help provide that. So just a few examples here that we're quite proud of, but from a university standpoint, in addition to hands-on design contests, we also work with university professors uh, you know, around the world to help those engi engineering students with curriculum and real-world technology that'll help them learn and apply engineering principles so that they will be prepared to succeed on day one of their engineering career. So workforce readiness for us means day one, you're hitting the ground running. Um, so a lot of a lot of this hands-on learning has to happen um, you know, in, in college and, and even prior to that. The reality is, uh, I mentioned earlier, there'll be thousands of STEM jobs at TI, right? Um, we're in need of qualified candidates. And if you look across the United States uh, and really around the world, this story will be repeated over and over again. So together, we have to ensure that the students in classrooms today, whether it's virtual, whether it's you know in school, in university, at the kitchen table, wherever the learning is happening, that those students are prepared and capable to meet this, this growing demand. That is just absolutely key. Peter, uh... I wanted to, you know, thank you for for taking the time to to speak with us today. And uh, like I said, I, I know that our audience is going to be very interested and and will benefit from you know hearing your your thoughts on uh, on these topics. Um, so uh, I'll just say uh, thank you uh, to you, Peter, uh, and uh, thank you to everybody in the audience uh, for spending some time with us here today on ECE Tech Talk.